Welcome to the Ageless and Fabulous in Ottawa podcast, where we share skin tips, tricks, and educate our listeners on how to age gracefully. I'm your host, Emily, better known as the Meta Fairy. I'm an esthetician, skincare educator, and local business owner. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Emily here, as usual, better known as the Meta Fairy. And this episode is brought to you by Meta Aesthetics, premier Ottawa skincare establishment since 1979, where we guide and educate our clients on how to age gracefully and in a healthy, beautiful way. So season finale, we're there. It's nice because now I'll get to have a little break for the summer. We'll be back in August, so don't freak out. If you are a regular listener, thank you for tuning in. If you're a new listener, welcome. So today we are going to uncover some skincare myths. And these are myths that I hear every day during my appointments. And I always clarify these things to our clients because... They're not particularly good myths to follow. <laughs> um, so we're just going to dive right in. The first one is the higher the SPF, the longer your skin is protected from the UV rays. So this is a very common thing that I hear on a regular basis. A lot of people believe that the higher the SPF that you have on your bottle, the longer you can wear it and that it will protect you 100%, which is absolutely false. There's no SPF that protects you 100% from the UV rays, okay? Let that sink in. There's no SPF that will protect you 100% from the UV rays. So even if you have an SPF 100, which is a total marketing thing, it will not protect you 100% from the UV rays, okay? So if you look at the difference between an SPF 30 and an SPF 50, an SPF 30 will protect you around... 96-97% and a 50 will be 98%. So there's not that big of a difference. When we look at an SPF 15 versus an SPF 30, there is a huge difference. The SPF 15 will protect you about 92-93% and again the SPF 30 will be around 97%. So there's a huge difference between SPF 15 and SPF 30 but as you move up on the SPF scale there's very little difference uh, and the percentage really lessens. It's not that big of a difference between the percentage. Um, so the really the thing that you want to do is just to reapply, guys. I know I say this all the time if you've listened to the episodes before. Reapplication is really the key in using an SPF properly. It's not about the SPF. It really isn't. As long as you're above 30, you're totally fine. Um... Just to give you a little course on UVAs and UVBs, UVA stands for the aging rays and UVB stands for the burning rays. And one of the only ingredients that protects against both rays is zinc oxide, which is a mineral, which is a physical format of SPF. This is why I tend to recommend 99% of the times mineral sunscreen especially for the face and the neck. The body, you know, the body is a little bit harder to control because, you know, when you're out and about and you're doing sports and you're walking, yeah, you can put on your chemical sunscreen, it's fine. But when it comes to the face and the neck, I like to have a little bit higher quality on the face and the neck because it's the delicate skin. It's the skin that's going to show up and it's going to age quicker. 
And again, nothing wrong with aging. You just want to age in a beautiful, healthy way. You don't want to promote any accelerated aging. And sun exposure, unfortunately, is the number one thing that's going to make your skin age and crinkle and it's going to damage your collagen, elastin cells. So you got to be careful with these. But the real secret, it's not about the SPF. Even if you're using an SPF 20, it's about reapplication every two hours to be protected from the UV rays. So hopefully we did a myth buster on this one. Now, the second myth. If you're inside, you don't need to wear SPF and the rays don't come inside your house. False, false, false. So UVB will not penetrate your windows. UVA will. Unless you're standing in a window that has direct sunlight, then yeah, the UVB is going to penetrate. But UVA, which is the aging ray, actually bounces off of the, you know, the street, the, 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 the snow in the winter. It bounces on the snow and it goes directly in your windows and it comes inside. So if you're working on your laptop and you have a window that's close to you, the rays are actually coming in your house. So it's no longer an excuse to say, well, I'm not leaving the house today, so why should I put on my SPF? No, no, no longer an excuse. Unless you live in a basement that has absolutely no windows, then you have a free pass. That's fine. But if you live in a normal house that has windows and the rays are actually coming inside your house, maybe not directly, but they are bouncing on other things and they're coming inside of your house. So, and, it, you know, touching your skin as well. So, just ha make a habit of having your SPF nearby and just put it on. And it doesn't have to be the heavy cream that we're used to wearing. It's the beautiful powder form that just when you put it on, you barely see it and it protects the skin. It, it makes the UV rays bounce off. It doesn't absorb them. Um, little difference between chemical protection and physical protection. The physical protection acts like a mirror, basically, and it's going to make the rays bounce off your skin, it's like a shield, basically. Whereas the chemical format is going to absorb the rays and it's going to convert it into non-damaging heat. So it does penetrate within the skin. So like I said, 99% of the time, I much prefer to recommend a physical mineral powder format. And you guys all know that I really love color science. That's the way to go. The sun forgettable, the, the sun forgettable brush is amazing. You need to get your hands on that. A lot of clients that don't like to wear SPF, I always tell them it's because you haven't found the right product for you and your lifestyle. And that brush, let me tell you, changes your life once you know, and you found it and you know how to use it. It's like, wow, I've never, putting on SPF has never been easier. <laughs> so that's the myth on working inside and not putting on your SPF. Just do it, guys. Just do a regular habit of putting it on. This way, you're always going to do it and you're never going to forget about it. Myth number three. I use my face cream around my eyes because it's totally fine and it does the same thing. <laughs> no, I, uh, I cringe a little bit when someone tells me that they use their face cream on their eye area and it comes to this question do eye creams really work now let me tell you they work they absolutely work but they are a prevention tool for the long run okay they're not a quick fix they're not going to work miracles despite what a lot of brands claim 
Um, and it's important to have realistic expe- expectations about eye creams. They will not magically make your wrinkles disappear and freeze your eye contour. If you want that kind of result, you're going to have to look at Botox, injectables, cosmetic treatments, procedures, and things like that. Um, but just to give you a little, you know, give you a little course on the skin. Normally, when you pick a face moisturizer, it's going to go, you're going to try to find a face moisturizer that's going to go with your skin concerns. So, okay, well, what's my skin type? Do I have a lot of oiliness? Am I dry? Am I sensitive? Do I have a skin condition that I have to treat? Um, Do I have acne? Do I have inflammation? You know, things like that. So you're going to have a moisturizer that's going to tackle these issues. The skin around your eyes is not at all the same skin on your face. It's much thinner. It has a lot less oil glands, so a lot less oil activity. This means that the skin around the eyes tends to be, can be dehydrated very easily. And it's much more sensitive and fragile. And, forgot about that one, it's much thinner. There's actually a layer that's not in there compared to the rest of your skin. When we talk about the epidermis, there's five layers in your epidermis, which is the upper layer of your skin. And the eye contour actually doesn't have one of them. So it's much thinner, much more fragile. So using your face cream around your eyes can sometimes result in irritation. It can result in puffiness. A lot of people don't see that, but puffiness is one of the big ones because the ingredients aren't made to actually provide moisture and care to that little sensitive, delicate skin. Invest in a really nice eye cream. And trust me, an eye cream lasts so long because you need so little. Um, But you want the proper ingredients that are going to tackle what your eyes are going to need. Oftentimes, your your eyes are going to need you know, brightness, for example, because, you know, (laughs) those dark circles and, you know, common issues like that, you're not going to find caffeine. You're not going to benefit from using caffeine in your face moisturizer. You're going to use other things like vitamin C, for example. Um, But caffeine is actually an ingredient that you'll find a lot of times in eye creams because it awakens the skin. Um, That's a common ingredient that you'll find. Peptides is another one that you're going to find because, they really do penetrate through the skin barrier and they can help send a signal to your skin to create more collagen. So peptides, yes, you're going to find them in face moisturizers, but you're also going to find a certain particular type of peptide for the eye contour. Um, But we're not going to jump into (laughs) into the ingredient because it's going to get very nerdy. But um, just if you are currently using your face moisturizer around your eyes and, you know, you're kind of used to that give yourself a little treat and get an eye cream i have a bunch that i can recommend if you want the best one in my opinion there's one in gino it's called the long Zur. it's amazing i'll put the link below it works really well and it's targeted for the eye contour and again it's a prevention tool so for someone that's in their 20s and are thinking well do i really need an eye cream yes (laughs) yeah I'm not even gonna skip I'm not even gonna consider saying no yes because in the 20s that's when the damage is going to happen and when you turn into your 30s and 40s and 50s this is when you're gonna see the damage pop up so if you want to be more preventive with your care 
you want to get an eye cream in your 20s. And if you're older, it's no big deal. You can still get an eye cream. But if you're listening to this and you're in your 20s, jump into that train, be preventive because an eye cream is really, that's kind of how it works with an eye cream. It takes time and it kind of slows down the accelerated possible aging that could happen around your eyes. Because when you think about it, the, you know, we squint a lot. We blink a lot. We smile a lot during the day. So if we don't treat that little area that has a lot of muscles, a lot of movements, it's going to, it's going to show a little bit more aging before the rest of our face. And that's true. When you think about it, the neck and the eyes, usually they're the first areas that are going to show our age. So give yourself a favor, invest in a really nice quality eye cream. It's going to last you six months. It's worth the money. Okay. So stop using, stop using your face moisturizer on your eyes. Use a proper eye cream because it really does work. You just need to be realistic about the expectations and, you know, think of it of a little luxury that you're providing to your eye contour. That's kind of how I see it. Myth number four, we are talking about the classic, if it hurts, it doesn't work. Now, I think we are, we often have this mindset, you know, when you go to the gym and it's like, no pain, no gain. If it doesn't hurt, I'm not going to grow any muscles. But when it comes to the skin, it's, it's, it's much different. And we're talking about, especially home care here. When you put on a product on your skin, it shouldn't hurt you. It shouldn't burn you either. Um, The only, you know, the only place where I could see that it burns would be getting a professional level chemical peel or uh, e-matrix, which is would be like resurfacing uh, treatment or, you know, we're talking about procedures. Some procedures are much less comfortable and they do hurt a little bit. But when we talk about home care, you should not feel burning. You shouldn't feel, it shouldn't hurt you when you put on your products. The problem with that to having that mindset is that when you put on something on your face on a daily basis and it's always hurting you and you think it's doing yourself a favor, it's actually not because it's creating, it's going to create underlying inflammation. Underlying inflammation is a silent skin killer. When you think about it, when the skin is inflamed, it's like being stressed 100% of the time. You know, when you're stressed, you are not your happy self. You are not concentrated. You are not healthy. Being stressed all the time is not good. And it's the same with inflammation. Inflammation underneath that you're kind of seeing but not seeing, that is a silent skin killer. It really stops the healthy functions of your skin and it really puts your skin into this like fight or flight situation. So it just completely, it's it's like in survival mode. And when, when you're in survival mode, you don't really do a lot of things. There's only like, okay, I need to survive. So it's going to let go of all the other functions that you want your skin to do to have that healthy, plumpy skin. So when you have that mindset of it should hurt when I put in product, because if it doesn't hurt, if I'm not feeling anything, it's not doing anything, that's absolutely false. Things that you can feel would be if you are putting on, you know, your chemical, your little chemical exfoliation at home. Okay, a little bit of tingling, that's fine. Um, Or if you're using a scrub, okay, I can feel that it's a little rough on my skin, which is fine. Okay, I put on my cream after, everything soothes. Um, You know, things like that. But you don't want things to hurt your skin. 
the no pain, no gain mindset doesn't really apply here when we talk about the skin. So just keep that in mind. When we think that way, you're thinking about creating inflammation and inflammation is not good. Now, the fifth myth that I'm going to talk about. Well, it's not really a myth. It's just like a, um, it's, it's a trend that I'm seeing today online and I need some clarification. So we're going to talk about clean beauty and we're going to talk about chemical-free products. Um, so clean beauty, you know, it's a huge trend in the past few years. And let me just break it down right now. The word clean beauty has absolutely no regulations. So it's not something that is regulated at all. So if a brand claims that they are clean beauty, it means nothing. The, the, the only reason behind that is because what is clean to one company can be totally different to another company. So don't base yourself off on the word clean beauty because it means it really doesn't mean anything in the skincare industry for us professionals. If someone tells me, well, it's a clean product, well, define clean. It, to me, clean, you know, it, it means nothing. <laughs> it's kind of like when you look at how someone cleans their house. I know it's not really the same thing, but it gives you an idea. The way I clean my house and the way I define clean is probably not the same way as my friend defines her clean cleanliness. So, and there's no legal... There's nothing legal about this um, term. It's not watched. It's not regulated. So to me, clean beauty means absolutely nothing. And I think it's more of a trend more than anything. Again, marketing is very powerful in the skincare industry. And, you know, you have a lot of brands that claim that they can erase your wrinkles. They can completely erase your cellulite. You can, you know, it's, it's toxic free and it's all terms that you're like, well, there's no regulations on these terms. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It's like when you take an ingredient from the superstore and it says gluten free and they would normally have no gluten in the ingredient. And you're like, why do they write gluten free when it's when it's an ingredient that normally doesn't have gluten. To me, it blows my mind how marketing sometimes is so not... It's just it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so clean beauty means absolutely nothing. So keep that in, 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 in mind. You have to go through the philosophy of the brand and see, you know, um, if... You know, not tested on animals would be something that is regulated and proven. But clean is not something that is regulated. And this brings me to chemical-free. The common chemical-free term, again, is very, very... It's, 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 it's not... It, it shouldn't be written because technically a chemical occurs when two or more atoms are held together by a chemical bond. So when you think about water, H2O, it's actually a chemical. Because it's two atoms that are held together by a chemical bond. So when a brand says chemical free and there's water written on the ingredient list, it's like, well, buddy, water is actually a chemical. So again, the word chemical free is not really something, it, it, it doesn't make sense. It has a negative connotation, which... Pff, I mean, again, water is a chemical, so it makes no sense. But I think, again, is the the whole marketing behind these skincare brands. And it's easy to 
it's it's just easy to catch people and to just say, well, this is chemical free and it's toxic free and it's clean and people will just believe it when they actually doesn't mean it doesn't mean much. Um, so that's my little two cents on clean beauty and chemical free. It yeah, it's a uh, it's a little unfortunate sometimes when um, companies use these terms and it it actually doesn't really mean anything. It's more for marketing purposes and to have a uh, to reach their target audience and things like that so that's my little two cents on that but I hope you guys enjoyed the little myth buster episode I thought it was it would be fun to do as the season finale of season two so we're going to take a little summer break and we will be back in August so I look forward to having a little bit of a break doing podcasts um we work very hard for these and um it's going to be nice in the summertime just to take a break but we'll be back in August so do not worry in the meantime you can always uh follow us or check out our social because we do post daily we have a lot of free resources on skincare and again we are skincare professionals so we are a good source <laughs> um we go live once a week i go live once a week uh you can also find the blog on the website so there's a lot of points where you can touch base with us and you can always send us an email to have a longer conversation or you can send us a dm and we will always be happy to connect with you guys so i hope you guys have a really fun summer planned and that you are enjoying the nice weather wherever you are in the world. Put on your SPF, make sure you moisturize, and reapply your SPF every two hours. That's my little advice for your summer coming up. And we'll chat very soon, guys. I'm happy that you guys are tuning in. If ever you really do enjoy our content, make sure that you leave us a review on our Google page. We'll be happy to see your kind words. And until next time, we will see you very soon and we'll catch you on the next episode.